The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 156. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm tired, man, and I don't know why. Like, I know adults always say this. It's like our rite of passage once we've hit adulthood. Like, you can say you're tired all the time. But I slept well. Like, my Fitbit tells me I get, like, seven hours of sleep, which is what I'm trying to do. I know I'm supposed to get eight, but I, I usually don't get seven. And averaging seven, I wake up, and I'm like, yes, let's go. And then by four, I'm just, I'm literally sleeping on my hardwood floor. That's, uh, I don't know how you sleep on the hardwood floor, but, um, hey, man. Easily. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I guess you really are tired if you're able to sleep on the hardwood floor. Uh I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm a little tired today too, and I don't really have a good reason for it. I mean, I've I've still been, you know, working from home. It's not like I'm doing anything crazy. Although I am I am going back on campus tomorrow to get tested. They are doing uh, tests, so I am getting uh, tested for the first time, which uh, I'm a little nervous about. I don't not that I think I have the virus or anything. I just don't like doctor visits and tests and stuff like that. So I get like those the you know day before jitters so I'm, I'm dealing with that a little bit but i'm gonna power through and we'll be uh good to go good job do, do you know what kind of test they're giving you nasal swab oh i, I they're not gonna give you the one that I, I saw the florida panthers had this thing where they had a spit one they just spit into uh, two yeah. that's it why do all the, uh, the mlb has it too why do the athletes get the spit test i want to give the spit test i don't want a nasal swab this one is that they that they got to poke your brain through your nose. Is what my oh I've never done it either, but like I've mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I'd rather that I have the option to do the antibody test, which is the blood test. I am not. No, I'm not doing the blood test if I don't have to. Mitch is. In the I am same boat. right there with you. Yeah, I I nope. We me and both Mitch and I uh, do not do well with the uh, blood and needles, so uh, we're gonna avoid the blood test. But uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna man up and uh, take the swab tomorrow. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Man, to a degree, right? Like blood test? No, no, that's too far. Oh. This one, you got it. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. Do this. Yes, yes. We things were up the nose. Sure, needles <laughs> penetrating veins. Absolutely not. We that's where we draw the line. That is not happening. No, no, not without. For me, it's like a whole setup, right? I got to be laying down. I have to be well fed going into it. If I'm allowed to, right? If you're yep. fasting, then forget everything's out the window. Water, ice pack on the head, feet up. Feet like ninety degrees, almost up. While while the test is happening, they always look at me weird when I do that, and then I keep it up like that for at least another five minutes. 
alternating yep. legs, of course. Yeah, dude, I, I'm i in the same boat as you, man. I get lightheaded right away. It's awful. But, um, yeah. yeah, so we're going to avoid that. But we have a lot to talk about on this episode, Mitch. We have to talk about a series win, which got the Islanders into the playoffs, technically, and uh, preview a series. That's why we're recording on Tuesday, because game one is tomorrow at 3 p.m. on Wednesday, and we wanted to get you our thoughts before the series. So, obviously, if we recorded on Wednesday night, we wouldn't be able to do a full series preview, so that's why we're recording today on Tuesday. Uh, So let's just jump right into it, Mitch. Thoughts from the Panther series, things that went well, things that need to change. Let's get into it. Uh, I guess just overall feeling good. Uh, I know that we win, so we don't get Alexis Lafreniere, and we'll get to all that shenanigans later. Um, but it feels good to go forward, and it feels good to go forward in four games. Like the one game that we didn't play well, we lost, uh, and they, they they were able to play their system. I think we, we figured it was going to be too easy. And so we just didn't play hard enough, I figured, in Game 3. Um, but it feels good to get a win past a, a difficult team. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yes, the Florida Panthers, but their strength up top is is scary. And we declawed them, as Spiz says often uh, in, in the postgame. Maybe not often, but at least once. Uh, and we, we declawed them. It was embarrassing for them. And that feels really good. And that that's just my overall take. Not even like listing up positives and negatives. Just overall feeling. No, I think I think that's completely fair. I, I believe if I remember correctly, I know for myself I had the Islanders in four. I'm pretty sure you had the Islanders in four as well, if I remember. I think I flipped between four and five. Um so like that. My my reasoning behind it was you know, I, I felt I thought the Islanders were the better team, which I think they proved that they were in this series, but with that firepower that the Panthers had, you know, I, I assume that they, they, they would get a game. They'd be a clunker in there. And I wouldn't even technically say that the game they lost was a clunker. If anything, the Islanders beat themselves in that game because they took a bunch of dumb penalties. There was three really easy preventable penalties. There were two delay a game penalties and a too many men on the ice penalty in game, what, three? Yeah, you're right. Like, they beat themselves in game three. Um, they didn't execute very well, but you're you're absolutely right. They they beat themselves. It wasn't the the Florida Panthers obviously won. They they it's a factor. Them winning was obviously a factor. But you're right. If not for the Islanders like shooting themselves in the foot and going like, I dare you to win now, we we probably win. Yeah, right. And you know, all things considered, especially at five and on five, I thought the Islanders were fine, but they were just atrocious on the penalty kill. In that game, they they got a little bit better in game four, but overall in the series, uh, I guess that would be one of my negatives is that the penalty kill was not very good. Yeah, and like hanging over the Islanders' head going into the series was how they ended the postseason, right? Our our friend at at Odd Shark or whatever the hell that dumb company is, what uh, would be glad and get on his soapbox to tell everyone like they lost twelve of their fourteen games, okay, of the last fourteen games, which is true. That, that is a fact. That's an undeniable fact that the Islanders were not very good up until the break. So that was lingering over their heads. And like, well, a lot of people still picked the Florida Panthers to win this series. And so going into it, the question was, can the Islanders return to the team that they were in the first half of the season? Can they not only steamroll over people, but can they exert their, their style of play over that team and win? And they showed that they can. 
and that that what happened in the regular season was no fluke. And it's not to say that the Florida Panthers weren't a good team. We've said it before. They're a very good team, and they're the type of team that we're going to see going forward, like the Philadelphia Flyers, like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're good offensive teams, like the um, the Washington Capitals. They have one really good defenseman, but after that, mm, they're, they're fine. And their goalie ain't very good. So like we needed to be able to shut down a top-tier offense, and we were able to do that. Absolutely, they did. And I thought for a majority of this series, and again, especially at 5-on-5, five five, the, the one game they lost, it was it was because the penalty kill was atrocious and they hurt themselves, like we said. Um, they played their game. That's exactly what Barry Trotz wants. He got very, very good goalie play out of Semyon Varlamov, and they were able to lock it down. It was, for the most part, low-scoring, close games. And uh, that's Islanders hockey that we saw in October, November, December. Absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up here. Do you know what Simeon Varlamov's goals against average is at 5-on-5 five five in the first four games? Goals against average? I'm going to yeah. say 1.7. 0.96. Wow. Okay, that was a lot lower than I thought even. Okay, wow. Yeah. He let in less than a goal per game on average at 5-on-5. Five five. That's how dominant the Islanders were at full strength, right? Like when both teams were, were throwing out five players at a time. Right. It's much different when they get to the penalty kill. They were not very good. Uh, and th- their power play, though, was also, like if we're listing off positives, I'm glad you brought up Varlamov because he was. Like, Anthony Bovillier gets a ton of credit. So does uh, well Jean-Gabriel Pajot. But Simeon Varlamov flies under the radar with a 9.58 save percentage and a, 9, a 0.96 goals against average uh, in four games. But to be fair, they, he didn't face a lot of shots, right? Like he faced 69, sorry, he made 69 saves, nice, uh, on 72 <laughs> shots. Like that's not a lot when you got like Darcy Kemper stopping 126 shots in four games. Right. Oof. That's a lot of rubber heading his way. And, and like the, I say that because Darcy Kemper's save percentage is right there at 955. It's it's right next to uh, to um, Varlamov's. So like he he played extremely well. What helped him was the system in front of him, which mm-hmm. is what we wanted to the, to like get a health check on in that series. Was the system still intact with everyone healthy? And we got a resounding yes. And that's a huge positive for the Islanders because we saw them when they were able to play their system. Again, 17-game point streak in the regular season. A 10-game winning streak, right? They rolled over people in the regular season at the first half when they played their system and everyone was healthy. Guess what? They're playing their system, everyone's healthy, and they, they didn't roll over the Florida Panthers, but they made it look easy. No, they, they absolutely did. Uh, they definitely made it you know, look easy. And that, I guess is, that gives you the positive momentum going into this next series against a, a formidable opponent in the Washington Capitals, who we'll get into a, a ton, I'm sure. But I, I think we, while yes, the system is definitely a big reason for why the Islanders won the series. I thought we had to, at the bare minimum, at least just talk about Varlamov in playing his role he he couldn't have played his role any better I mean yes the defensive system helps tremendously no doubt but the goalie still has to do their job and he was excellent yeah you need your goalie to come up with a big save when you need one and he did and like he didn't make make show-stopping save like diving across on a two-on-one or like some sort of Dominic Hasek like 
uh, or like he did against the Rangers, right? With like this, the the stacking the pads. He didn't right. have to do that because he's at the right place at the right time because the system in front of him enables him to do that type of work. Same thing for Robin Leonard when he was here. It was the same type of thing. Uh, and he fit the he fit the bill and he did what he needed to do. And that, that allows us to do a whole lot of other things. Yeah, 100%. And like you mentioned earlier, two other big names from the forward group, J.G. Pajot was excellent in this series. Anthony Beauvillier was excellent as well. Uh, realistically, uh, I think you make the case the the middle six for the Islanders were were their two best lines. Oh yeah, I I want to hear someone say otherwise. Someone come to me please and be like they won because of their top line. Ha! No, 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 <laughs> they did not. Stuff that down your pie hole. That is not true. They won thoroughly because of their middle six. Uh, that that top line did not show up outside of Game Four, and even or, and even then, Game Four was all Matthew Barzal. It was not top line driven. It was Matthew Barzell. It was, yeah. And then you had, uh, you know, Eberly come to life a little bit with a couple of goals. Uh, but outside of that, it was it was pretty quiet. And uh, I definitely, when looking at the forward group and just the team in general and what needs to be better heading into the next round, Anders Lee has to be pretty close to the top of the list now. Yeah, for looking at negatives, Anders Lee at the top of the list. Like he did not do enough. Uh, you can talk to me about like he blocked and not not just you but anyone can talk to me about uh he blocked the the, the view for uh Bobrovsky on a, on a few of those goals um he was out there and doing work and doing what he needed to do and being the raw raw guy as the captain that's great but we're still pay- paying him to put up points and he didn't really do that right did he did he even have a point in the series i don't think he did great question um i don't know I don't if he know. did either I don't know why I can't remember that. Let me just bring it up. I'm pretty sure he does not. Uh, I'm just... No, he does not have a point. He's plus three. That's great. Um, but yeah, I don't really care about plus minus necessarily. He he did not put up a point, which, which is a problem over four games for a guy who um, unjustly is getting a lot of flack for the regular season um, because he doesn't have the same numbers as we expect him to at this point of his career and, and for the amount of money that we're paying him. Right, exactly. Um I I don't think Lee's a lost cause, which I think too many people on on Twitter and just reading around the, on the on the internet um have been talking about Anders Lee like this is going to be the new norm. I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to go that far yet. No, I I'm not either. Like his his underlying stats aren't great for the Islanders or they weren't great in that that series against the Panthers, but they're middle of tier. I think like six, eight, six, if you're just looking at um, uh, shots for or scoring chances for high danger chances for. And uh, I forget the other one that I usually look at. I'm just going to look at natural stature right now. Sure. It, it's not Corsi. It's not Fenwick or anything like that. I think it's just shots for um, high danger chances for and um, scoring chances, which are, are the ones that really matter to me in a Barry Trot system, because we're right. not going to win the Corsi battle any ever anyway. So, so they're, they're good. Like, that That translates to something can be coming. Expected goals. Sorry, expected goals is the one. There you go. Um, with, with all those numbers, you expect something to, to happen because he's doing enough. He's getting quality shots. He's getting high danger chances, and he's creating scoring chances, but they're, they're just not going in. If, if you do that enough, and he did that throughout the regular season, eventually the dam's going to break, and when it breaks, they're going to go in in droves. Uh, it's just ideally that happens now rather than in like 11, 12 at least. Or sorry, yeah. 21, 22, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, 
I obviously I'm hoping that he comes to life and there's like a, a two goal performance in one of the games coming up in this series against Washington. Uh, to me, he's too important of a piece to be this quiet. I understand. I, I don't expect him to be a 40 goal scorer again for this Islanders team. I think if you're going into it with that expectation, uh, one, you're kidding yourself, and two, then the Islanders significantly underpaid him if you think he's still a 40-goal scorer. Um, on top of that, it, I, when it comes to Anders Lee and just his role in the team in general, I, I think as far as a leader and someone that you know plays a smart game on the ice, he does that, but expecting him to put in a few more goals, I don't think is really asking a whole lot. And playing with Barzal, who looked like he became himself again in game four. I'm confident that Lee can start to get going in this next series. I, yeah, I, I so, so could I, although like his numbers against Carol against Carolina, I don't know why I want to say Carolina against the Capitals aren't, aren't like uh, anyone else on the team, like his career numbers against them. Uh, like they, I think the leader over the last couple of years are a, a three-way tie between Barzal, uh, Nelson and Bailey at like eight points in 12 games. And he's nowhere near that. Right. So, maybe he comes out on this one. What I want to see from him is power play points specifically. Cause like on the power play this regular season, he was not there. Uh, well, he was physically, but he wasn't putting up those points. He has two power play goals this year. Uh, and I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to come out and score buckets of power play goals, but I'm expecting that when they get a power play, he is a key piece in that. And maybe not translating into a ton of goals, but at least getting a stick on a couple of points and a couple of goals, ideally. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, uh, eventually I, I think they start to come like we've hinted at. And uh, the, the Islanders are going to are gonna need it to uh, because, yes, they were able to get by the Florida Panthers without really that top line going. But I don't know if you have that same luxury in a series against a team like the Washington Capitals. You aren't, you're not going to go far if your top line doesn't do something. Yes, it's not, you can't. This is not going to happen. Like you can win a series and even a couple of series on the back of your bottom six or your middle six, but you still need that top line to do something. Like Even when the Penguins went for that second cup, right? It was the HBK line that was powering them through, that third line of um, Kessel, Hornquist, and HBK. Benino. Benino, right? Powered them to it. But like Sidney Crosby still won the Conn Smite that year. Probably shouldn't, but you know he still won it and he put up points. Uh, so, like, you still need him to do something. You still need your Barzells, your Lees, and your Ebelays to do something. And while two of those guys did, you need that third one to do as much. Yeah, 100%. And uh, we saw it in Game 3 from Eberle. Like, that was the the one game where he looked really good. Had, had one nice chance in Game 4 also. I'll give him that one. Uh, Barzell was pretty much a no-show the first three games, but then in Game 4 really came to life. Lee never really had one of those games, so uh, I, I think it's fair for us to expect that to change uh, going into this next upcoming series. Uh, wanted to get back to a positive here. Devontae's was extremely productive for the Islanders in this series, a- along with Ryan Pulak as well from the blue line. But I think we kind of come to expect it a little bit more from Pulak as a number one defenseman, where as Devontae's, we, we know the potential that he has, but seeing it you know come to come to life in that series, I thought was really good to see. Yeah, and he plays well against the Capitals, right? So that's a good, okay, he's able to play in, in this return. Like, he hasn't taken a step back. We saw him produce, what, was it four and four games? Four points in four games against the Panthers? I believe it was four assists. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's four and four, so a point per game against the Panthers. And then he 
he performs well, like I said, against the Washington Capitals over his career. Uh, so yeah, having him being productive is great. Although that pair of Devin Tays, Scott Mayfield was not fantastic in terms of shot share, which is always going to be an issue. But when you relate that based off the other two pairs that were out there, or three if you consider Letty Boychuk, um, it wasn't it wasn't their their strongest pairing in terms of uh, shot share. Right, absolutely. Um, and you know, from there, um, he, it was four assists, by the way. Um, he he was able to do stuff offensively, which is uh, definitely nice to see. Maybe on on the back end, they they tighten that up in their own zone a little bit more. Uh, not an easy task against a team like Washington, but as the second pair, it's not you know impossible, especially from a player like Mayfield, who is more of that stay at home guy and the one you could rely on a little bit more in the defensive end. Right. So um, Taze has six points in seven career games against the Washington Capitals with three goals, three assists. Okay. As long as he doesn't do the, the koozie bird flap, we'll yes. be fine. Yeah, none of that, please. That uh, pretty much sparked the comeback for the Capitals, and that was the third matchup between the Islanders and the Capitals this year. And, uh, yeah, not great. It did not end well. So maybe if you're going to do that, do that with, like, five seconds left. Although... I'm sure if you do that, Barry Trotz will shoot you dead on the ice with <laughs> daggers. Daggers yeah. will shoot out of his eyes literally and stab you if you do the koozie flop. Yeah, never. Even if there's like no time left, you're doing it that the shot, that the clock ran out. You've got nothing left. There's there's no game. You're headed towards the dressing room and you do that flop, you're dead. Dead. Yeah, not 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 good. We, we would like to avoid those kind of uh, celebrations, please. Yes, please. Absolutely. Uh Anything else from the the Florida series that stuck out to you that you want to get to? I think we just learned that the Islanders are who we we thought they are. Were? I don't want to say were because it's not past tense. Right. Because going forward, they are who we think they are, right? Like, would they play exactly the the style we thought they were going to play? They did exactly what we thought they were going to do. Unfortunately, kind of. Unfortunately, the players who performed the best were not the top three. um, But we showed or learned that we we have depth in the system. And that the acquisition of Jean-Gabriel Peugeot was a sound one for the Islanders. Absolutely. So when we come back, we're going to get into the preview of what we can expect from the Washington Capitals series. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 156. Transitioning now to expectations and predictions and all that fun stuff for the series. So coming up starting tomorrow, Mitch, game one against the Washington Capitals. Uh, first off, were you rooting for Washington in that game against Boston? Not really. No? I wanted Boston. I think this is the right time to face Boston because there, there's something going on with them, and it's, it's just not clicking. Like Their top line is not producing. It's not doing anything. So that's uh, Bergeron, Marchand, and, and Pasternak right. have done squat. I think they have one point between the three of them. In these four games, I could be a little off on those, but like it, it, it's not good. Uh, and then they've lost, right? They lost all of their, uh, what do you want it, whatever, round robin, round robin games. Yeah. They lost all of them. Uh, so now is the time. And like Tuka Rask is not playing very well. He's okay. Obviously, it's Tuka Rask. Halak isn't playing any better. Uh, they're just, there's something off with them. And once they figure it out, look out. But it doesn't seem like they figured it out yet. So not, to me, now is the time. I really do. And I, I while, Washington on paper looks like a better matchup. I just think if we're going to meet Boston later on, I'd rather meet them now when I'm, I'm more confident I can beat them. But like in, 
in two rounds from now, forget it. There's no chance that we beat Boston. Okay, that's a fair, reasonable take on it. Um, I, I think both teams would be tough. Just Boston, I know they're struggling right now, and you made a good case for it, but the Islanders have not matched up well against them for years at this point. Uh, to me, I feel like the the Islanders have a better chance against Washington. I'm not necessarily going to say that it's a lock that they win the series. I think it's going to be a very good, tight series. Um, but we'll see where it goes, and uh, I, I guess we'll start there. Expectations going into this series, Mitch? I get all the talk like it's going to be a tight series. Uh, I see a lot of prognostication saying it's going to go the distance, like the full seven. There's very few who say less than seven. Like, I see a six here. I, I've rarely seen a five. I think we could see an Islanders win in five games. Really? You're gonna I do... really do. Wow. Okay. That's a that's a bold take. Well, like, if you just base it on, on some like, the, the Washington Capitals have been in the playoffs every year forever, mm-hmm. right? Pushing and pushing and pushing. They've been playing and playing and playing. And the one team that kind of did that or did the same thing was the, the – Pittsburgh Penguins just this year, and they they did nothing. Like their GM accused them of not showing up in game uh, in period one, two, and three of an elimination game. He's like they weren't there in one, they weren't there in two, they weren't there in three. Are they just tired of being in the playoffs? Do they want to just be with their family? I don't know. Like those are actual words that the GM said of his own team. Because after a while, you get that fatigue, right? Like, because you've been in the playoffs. You've been playing an 82-game season. Then you come back and play another, like, 16-plus games every year for years upon end. Like, you get fatigued. Plus, a lot of this core is pretty old for the Washington Capitals. I I know I'm old. I'm 36. But, like, uh, Alex Ovechkin is 34, I believe, right? Yes. Backs are made too far away. So, like, Oshie's 31, I believe. Uh, oh, she's 33. So you have John Carlson's 30, Alex Ovechkin, 34, Backstrom, 32, Oshie, 33, Eller, 30, Haglund's 31, Holpe's 30. So, like, this is an experienced core of players, which usually bodes well, right? Like, that that's that's something. Look at the youngest team in, in the playoffs. They got swept in the first round. Everyone was like, oh, my God, everyone's old. And then the young team went like, oh, my God, we have no idea how to do this. Um, <laughs> right? So, like, the, that obviously bodes well for the Washington Capitals. But at a certain point, there does get a fatigue. And I'm not going to say that Alex Ovechkin himself is not going to perform up to – he's going to play his heart out every, every game. But right. the rest of the team – after a while, it gets hard to do that. It's not to say you're not motivated, but the, the legs just may not be there. Plus, they got a guy behind the other bench who drew up the system for the, the team on the other side. Like, Barry Trotz knows everything they're going to do. He knows everything that Todd Reardon's going to throw at him. Absolutely everything. Oh, you're going to put Ovi over there? Well, I know how to counter that because I helped draw that up. No worries, buds. Right. I, I really think that Barry Trotz is going to play a huge factor uh, in this series, especially because one, one, the team is very similarly constructed to when he was there. Not a lot has changed over the last two years. It's, you know, a lot of those same guys who were on the team that won the Stanley cup. And on top of that, he, he built the system for them that they are using and he knows how to beat it. So while I, I think it's going to go, I'm going to go with the cliche, Mitch, I think it's going to go the distance, but I have the Islanders in seven. I have them in five. For a few of those reasons, plus a few more that we'll get into when we get into the cons here, the pros and the cons, I have the Islanders in five here. Absolutely. So 
Let's start, we'll start with the pros. I guess we just kind of mentioned one. Barry Trotz has to be at the top of that list, right? Yeah, he, he knows how the system is built. He knows the guy who built this or who's running the team now. He was under him for a while. Um, he know he knows he knows he knows everything everything. And well, well Braden Holpe, let's just say he's he, he's a factor. Give a call to Mitch Corn. So Mitch, what's his one weakness? What's his you know his Achilles heel? What's the one thing that he can't do? Oh, it's this done, guys. Just uh, up glove, I don't know, or, or snap it back or something like that. Hide it a bit or whatever. He knows. Mitch Corn knows. Mitch Corn turned this guy into what he is, uh, or what he was before this year. Uh, he knows what to do. They know. Not that's going to be a huge, huge pro. And, and maybe I'm overstating this, but it just seems like in hockey, when the, the when the easy narrative is there, that's the one that prevails. Yeah, a lot of times that's the case. And I mean, you just talked about. Holpe, and I think that kind of goes into one of my next pros, is their goaltending hasn't been really great for them this year. Holpe had a 897, a 311 goals against average during the regular season. Samsonov had a 913 and a 255. So combined, they're at a, a 903 team save percentage and a 292 goals against average. Yeah, they can score with the best of them, but uh, in net, I would say, is probably a weakness right now. Yeah, and the best one of those two isn't going to be there. Samsonov's done for the year. Yeah, so it's going to so, be Holpe. Holpe and, and someone else. I don't even know who their backup is, but it doesn't matter. Although it, it is the Islanders, maybe they'll do the whole Cam Ward thing and throw him in and just kill us. I, if you don't understand the Cam Ward reference, it's when Carolina was going for the Stanley Cup, they were playing Montreal in round one. I forget who they had in Nets as the starter. Montreal lit them up. They put Cam Ward in. I think it was game two. I think it was game two in the third period, and then he didn't let in another goal afterwards. Obviously, one or two, but like, yeah, he just destroyed Montreal. Therefore, the 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 the, the maybe maybe this Washington Capitals backup does something like that because it is the Islanders. They have a habit of making a backup look like a king, um, but I, I don't imagine that'll be the case. And the they, the, the goaltending is going to definitely be a pro for the Islanders. I'm glad you brought that up because it, it it has to be. If, if anyone looks at that differently, please let's talk, and I will shove that right back down your pie hole because that is a terrible take. Is there another pro or anything else that's sticking out to you? Depth. We have we have depth. Like everyone talks about the Washington Capitals being like they've been there, they have depth everywhere. So do the Islanders. They beat the Florida Panthers on the backs of their middle six, right? On, on the backs of what is arguably a third line in Anthony Beauvillier, uh, Jean Gabriel Pajot, and Derek Broussard. That that's how they beat the Florida Panthers. It wasn't Matthew Barzell. It wasn't Brock Nelson. It was Jean Gabriel Pajot. That's right. It was. JGP, it was um, Anthony Beauvillier, like you said. Those aren't necessarily the the, the premier guys. I mean, they're, they're good depth players. They are very good depth players. Uh, but I, I'm right there with you. I think the fact that the Islanders can roll four lines and they have that depth. And on the blue line, like we haven't talked about him, but Johnny Boychuk's expected to be coming back. Having Letty and Boychuk as your third pair, and I understand that they're not the players they were four or five years ago, but even at this point in their career, they're still a more than capable third pair. You would have to think so. Well, yes, of course. Like, they were there in 15, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they know what happened there. They're going to be motivated to, to rectify that situation. Even then, they came real close. They came real damn close, right? Seven games. Three of them went to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. No, three of them were one goal games. That's yes. what, that's what it was. Um, 
They're, they're going to, and like, that's your third pair, right? Eleven and a half million dollars of defensive uh, of money on, on, on your third pair says something. It, it can say like the misallocation of funds, but there is something to be said about Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk still being able to do a job in the NHL. Right, exactly. And all these years later, like you said, it's you know half a decade ago, which is crazy that they last met in the playoffs. And uh, there, there is some unfinished business. I feel like uh, I mean, Tom Wilson basically ended uh, Lumiere Vesnovsky's career. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom Masiki's got to be seen. Let me in, coach! Yeah. Let me in! I want to cross-check him in the face when I fall down on him again. Right. I'm not laughing at someone getting cross-checked in the face necessarily, but it is Tom Wilson, and at a certain point you're like, mm, you you deserve something, my friend. Yeah, he also went up high on Lubomir Viznowski and again ended his career, so I don't know if I can get too mad at uh, Thomas Hickey's actions after that. That's right. I've, yeah, you can't. You cannot. Um, so, like... So that's a pro for us, is that we have depth. We don't have just a, a line. And it's not to say the Washington Capitals have a line as well. It's just you can't discredit the Islanders. They're not a one-trick pony like the Boston Bruins, who are a one-trick pony up top, uh, like the Florida Panthers. They have depth throughout the lineup. They may not be the most talented group, but they've got players that can get the job done if someone else isn't. No, absolutely. Uh, how about... is that? Actually, before I move to the cons, is there any other pros that you wanted to get out there? I would say the power play. Uh, I'm just pulling it up now. Like Outside of the Tampa Bay Lightning being 40% on the power play in their three-round Robin games, I don't understand why. Did they only play three? I thought they were all playing four. No, there's only four teams. They could only play three. Duh. Doi. Um, the Islanders finished seventh in terms of power play efficiency in the, in the opening four games with a 25% efficiency. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Considering they were at seventeen point was it seventeen point three percent in the regular season? Yeah, seventeen point three percent for twenty fourth in the league. They went twenty five percent on the power on the penalty. Uh, sorry, on the power play. Uh, that's pretty damn good. No, absolutely, it, it was a, a big improvement uh, for sure, and you hope that continues obviously into this series because that could be a major. Uh, addition for the Islanders, who I mean, I mean, let's face it, they're not one of the more offensive teams in the league. If you're getting power play goals, you're taking them, right? Exactly. So that that's just it. The only issue is that the Washington Capitals had the sixth overall penalty kill in the league last in the regular season with an 82.6 percent efficiency, whereas the Florida Panthers were 20th. So like, it's not to say the Florida Panthers are good on the PK coming into that series. Right, absolutely, and uh, obviously we, we know what they could do there in, in Washington, so uh, that's going to be, I think it's going to be tough uh, to replicate a 25%, but if they could, we always say this number, but if they can get keep it at 20%, you can survive with that. When you get lower than that is when you start running into issues. Exactly. One in five, you, you should be able to get at least one after five chances. If you're not getting one every five, there's a problem. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I think transitioning to... A couple of cons, we we hinted at it, but the firepower from the the Capitals is legit. If you're looking at the amount of production, you had seven players with over 40 points. Wilson had 44, Oshie had 49, Kuznetsov had 52, Vrana had 52, Backstrom 54, Ovechkin 67, and John Carlson 75. (laughs) My God, John Carlson 75 points. That's insane. Oh, that would have been one hell of a season if he was able to play it all the way through. Um, but he's had issues, right? He hasn't played. 
Uh, I don't know if he's he's going to play game one, right? It's Lars Eller who may not. Yes, it, it looks like Carlson should be good to go for game one. Right, so Eller won't be there for game one. Congratulations to him. He just had a son. Uh, so he's got to go through quarantine again. So that's four positive tests and four, sorry, four negative tests. My God, <laughs> four positive, four negative tests in four days or longer. Uh, however long it takes to, to issue four negative tests uh, and then he can come back in. So he'll miss at least game one. Right, absolutely. But uh, that, that's, I mean, you have a lot of guys here who can uh, put up points for you. Um, we, we listed it as a as a con kind of well no we didn't we didn't we talked about our power play but we have to talk about their power play as well and specifically even our penalty kill which was terrible uh it was through the restart i think we're third last we are but we're tied with the two bottom teams below us or the two bottom teams below us are tied so we're really like 23rd overall with a 71.4 percent efficiency on the penalty kill only the Chicago Blackhawks and the Winnipeg Jets are worse with a 70.6. One of those teams was eliminated. The other team faced Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, I mean, that's going to that's gonna play a factor here. <laughs> they still won, though. So, like, True. That's a thing. But, yeah, the Islanders, 71.4% on the penalty kill. Uh, and we all know what, what happens uh, on the power play for the Washington Capitals. There's a bullet from Alex Ovechkin on the left circle. Happens every time, all the time. Right. You know it's coming. You can't stop it. That's the issue. So that's this is where I want to get to. I forced the direction, the conversation that way to talk about this specifically. My spicy take for this, this series, and it's the one that I wrote today on the site, mm-hmm. it's my five out of five in terms of spicy level, is that Alex Ovechkin will not score a power play goal in this series. Hmm. The Islanders okay. have played the uh, Washington Capitals eight times over the last two years. How many power play goals do you think Alex Ovechkin has? Uh, based off uh, your prediction, I'm going to say zero. He has one. Okay. One. And I think that was the first game that they played after Barry Trotz took over for the Islanders. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. I-, I forget what game exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was the first one. He has not scored one this year for them. And uh, like I said, three of the games they played last year, he didn't score. And it's not like he, they don't have opportunities. He has seven shots on the power play against the Islanders in those in those games, which in and of itself doesn't sound like a lot. But on the power play, when you're you're probably only getting two shots on net anyways, um, having seven in, in eight games is still a big deal. He only converted on one of those. I, I think Barry Trotz knows how to shut him down and will do so throughout this series because the Islanders know. Like look look at what they've done against the, the Florida Panthers. You win they can win the five on five game. They just need to figure out their PK. They can do that. Look out. Look out. So I'm turning this con into a pro. I like the spin zone on that. I, Thank I'm still you. I'm not as confident as you are in, in that. Uh just because there are a lot of good goal scorers on this team. Uh <laughs> there yeah. are. sorry. Ovechkin had forty eight. Vrana <laughs> Vrana twenty five, Oshi twenty six, Wilson twenty one. It's uh, there's a there's a lot of goals here, and uh, it's gonna be tough. It, it really is. But we we both are predicting the Islanders to win this. Uh, you you talked about the the penalty kill needing to be better, which this popped into my mind because of your uh, comment. What do they do on the third line? Them being the Islanders, do they roll Leo Komarov or does Tom Kunakel come back in? I think they roll Leo. I I don't think they liked what what Kunakel did, right? Like I I don't think so. Um, 
I think uh, Tom Kunakal fell down the depth chart after those performances. Like he was fine. Like he was game one, he was good, but after that, he wasn't. Which was the same thing against the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? He played that one really solid game one, and then after that, eh. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's uh, that's true, and uh, that's kind of the the mo for Tom Kunakal in his Islanders career. Like he'll have like a, a really good game, go quiet. Have a really good game, go quiet. Um, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Leo Komarov. And, uh, you know, for everything I, for all the gripes I have against Leo Komarov, uh, something he is good at is the penalty kill. So hopefully that can tend to steer in the right direction a little bit. As long as he stays away from those third period stick fouls, just keep yes, your stick on the ice, Leo. When, when the, when the period counter goes to three, Keep your stick on the ice, buddy, because you you always either a hooking call, a slashing call, or a high sticking call. Every 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 time, it's unbelievable. It's like clockwork. That should be a rule for Leo Komarov. He should not be allowed to lift his stick off the ice. Yeah, Just pretend you're playing bandy, Leo. I know you know what that is, Leo. You're playing bandy, which is floorball. Uh, you're not allowed to lift your stick above your knee. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Just do that. They play that in Finland. Do it. Just do it. That'd be perfect. Um, as, as far as other cons go, what what else is sticking out to you? Definitely the PK, like we mentioned. Um, th- there's not really a whole lot of weaknesses in the Islanders game right now. Uh, we, I, I know we only had a four-game sample to look at, but when you look at their team, I, I guess you kind of hinted at it, and it's talent level. If it comes yep. down to who wins, if it comes down to the paper game, who is the better team on paper, the Islanders lose. Yes, they do. But what that doesn't factor in is the Barry Trotz effect. And right, the but system. then that's on paper, right? So like we really don't count that because it's not on the paper. Yeah, 100%. We're, we're on the same page there. And uh, I think that I wouldn't... See, I think this is where we differ because you are more confident in the Islanders in this series that you have them in five. I wouldn't be stunned if the Capitals won this series. Um, that's why I have it going seven games. I think the Trotz effect gives the, the Islanders a slight edge. But other than that, I, I look at this as a, a a very even series. I don't think like one team has a really big advantage over the other. Well, and that's the thing when it comes to playoffs. Like we don't never know what an advantage is, right? Because you can say like, oh, they have Sidney Crosby, or they have Connor McDavid. Well, Connor McDavid. Even though put up nine points in four games, nine points in four games, his team still couldn't beat the stupid Chicago Blackhawks with their the 12 seed in four games. Four games. They only won one. How do you do that? But McDavid still didn't do enough, though, Mitch. Apparently, he's not a good leader. Sorry, he and Drysaddle combined for 15 points in four games. What? What the hell? How do you lose? How do you lose? So, like, that that's an edge, right? That's a decided edge. You have a player who yes. can put up nine points. You should be able to win. Apparently not. So we don't know what an edge is in the playoffs. To me, it's having depth, and depth show up when you need them, and the Islanders have that. They have it. So, But they don't have experience, right? A lot of these players on the Islanders don't have experience in going far or, or doing a lot in the playoffs. Uh, that changes uh, when you get there, but... Um, the, the Washington Capitals have that. They, they've gone through this multiple times before within that same group. Uh, so it's not, there's not a whole lot of learning going on there for them. It's repetition. And, and that, that doesn't play into the Islanders' favor. Thankfully, like you said, they have a coach who has been there. 
has done right. that, and hopefully he can kind of reel them in, and they can all galvanize around him. Absolutely. Um, last series before the the, the Panther series, we went through and uh, said some players to look for and potential surprises and stuff like that. I believe you ended up with Broussard and took uh, JG Pagel. Uh, humble brag on that one. But uh, heading into this series, is there anyone sticking out to you where you're like, okay, let's let's key in on this guy and uh, he's going to lead the way? I don't know. Like, yes, but like there, there are no non-chalk answers here. Right, like everyone's gonna say Beauvillier because that makes sense. He was great last last series. Everyone's gonna say Peugeot because everyone said Peugeot beforehand, and it was they were right. Uh, Barzal, but then like Barzal's the best player on the team. If he doesn't show up, there's a problem. So, I I don't I don't know, man. Nick Letty, no, no. Devin Tays, Devin Tays, Devin Tays has a series of the ages. That's my X factor. Okay, um, I. I agree with you the, with the Barzal. I think he's going to have a really big series, but I'm not going to pick Barzal to, just because I don't want to be chalk. Uh, I think we see... You know what? I'll, I'll do it. I think we see four goals from Anders Lee in this series. Ooh, I like he. I like that. I hope so. God, I, of course. Who's, who's saying, like, I don't want goals from Lee? Maybe, maybe someone out there has, like, a... Uh, an amazing insights kind of like bender for hating Josh Bailey and th- for their hatred. It's Anders Lee and like, they want to be proven right that he's not worth that $7 million contract. Ba- we didn't touch on Bailey, but he ended up having uh, a sneaky good series against Florida ended up putting up four points. Yeah. Like when I wrote the three players who didn't perform well, I specifically, th- I-, I went in on-, on Josh Bailey. I thought he was going to be my third one. But then when I looked at the numbers, not just the production, but like the underlying numbers, I was going, no, I, I can't, I can't, I can't chastise my boy for putting up good underlying numbers. And then look at him. He puts up a point per game. I still, it's not going to be enough for people. Ah, they weren't goals. If you were expecting Josh Bailey to score four goals against the Florida Panthers, you need to change sports because you don't understand how Josh Bailey works. Right. And, uh, I think I, I fell into that category of, I think he had a bad game three and I think I, I, I judged that a little bit too harshly. Uh, but then, he, I mean, he he made up for it the next one in Game 4 with a, a couple of beautiful passes. Um, I don't blame you for that, though, because they had, like, three games in four nights, right? Yeah. Like, that's a lot. And so the, you're, you're trying to recap everything that happened, but what's fresh in your mind is the last thing that happened. And the last thing that happened wasn't very good on the eye. So, yeah, I, I don't blame you for that. And I don't blame a lot of people for thinking Josh Bailey didn't do well. But then when you look at the numbers, don't be like, damn it, I want to stick to my preconceived notions. Right, which yeah, I think that I think that's the the part that bugs me, and really all along with with Josh Bailey is y- yes, I wasn't. I've went through this a million times, but I, I wasn't a fan of him earlier. But then later in his career, when he started to play well, I, I I'm willing to admit if a player is playing well, I would say they are playing well. If they're not playing well, I would say they're not playing well. I, I, fair? Yeah, of course that's fair. <laughs> but he's putting up thirty points. You can't be like. Damn it, in six years, he's going to be amazing, and I'm sticking to it. No, come on. You look at him, you say, like, it's not great. He's not doing what he should be doing. But then when he's doing what he should be doing, you go, good job, guy, that you're doing what you should be doing. Right, absolutely. So uh, I'm hoping that the Islanders' top line, specifically Anders Lee, uh, figures it out this series. I'm going to say in seven games, he has four goals. Okay. That's my prediction. Um. Yeah, so... Now, I'm sticking with Devin Tate. Six points in, th- in seven games against the Washington Capitals' career 
in the regular season. I think he's going to have another one. And he's going to redeem, he's going to want to redeem himself from the last time, right? Like the, the Capitals broadcast called it the Devin, Devin Tays game. Like they called go. him out because they, that's what happened. Uh, so he's going to want to avenge himself for that. Absolutely. Anything else on this series before we move on to the quiz? Just a steadfast, obvious prediction. Like go go to the bookie about it. Five games, Islanders. Just do it. No, don't Love do it. it. Don't don't lose money on my account. <laughs> Be- How about bet a Mitch unit? <laughs> Good old seventy five cents. Seventy five cents on the Islanders. There you go. Oh All man, right. ready for the quiz? Yes. It is the 156th episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt, we've been doing this for three years now. This is our three-year anniversary of the show. That's incredible. Right? Oh three God. years, one show every week for for 52 weeks per year. 156, baby. Wow. Congrats to us. Yes. Um, so what we'd like to do here is we take a player who's played X number of games for the Islanders, and in this case, it is 56. Uh, so 56 games he's played for the Islanders. Matt, I will give you five clues to guess who this player is and you listening at home. Okay. The, the clues get progressively easier, and I'm only giving you five because I think that's enough, mainly because I don't want to do a ton of research because I'm hashtag lazy. Um, but here are the five. If you ever have one of your own, send them to me. Don't just give me a name. Give me the clues, all right? I am that lazy. I'm not just going to go and take the player unless you give me all the, all the work. Anyways, are you ready, Matt? Let's do it. All right. Clue number one. I was born January 30th, 1979 in Cambridge, Ontario. Been there, Cambridge, not a big fan. Sorry if you live there. Okay, next. Okay. Two, between 1998 and 2002, although I wrote it 2,202, I played 258 games in the OHL, AHL, and ECHL. I put up 30 points and 1,154 penalty minutes. Okay. Next. I don't have a guess yet. That's fine. I signed with the Sound Tigers before I signed with the Islanders, but it only took me 18 games in the AHL before the Islanders signed me. This is going to kill me. You'll get it. You'll get it, I'm sure. Okay. I don't know it yet. Four. I had 34 penalty minutes in one game versus Pittsburgh in February 11th, 2011. Gillies? What was his first name? Trevor? Yes! Trevor Gillies. There we go. Trevor Gillies. Good job by you. Uh, My fifth one is my handlebar mustache and I got nine game suspension for my actions during that game. (laughs) No, it uh, it was Clark Gillies, Mitch. That's who I meant. That's right. Sorry. You're right. Clark Gillies. My bad. Trevor Gillies. I don't know. <laughs> I've, uh, Karen's kept coming to my come to my name. I knew it wasn't him. I couldn't think of who it was. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But you, you're close. You're close. Even with Karen's, you were close. But it was, uh, I think Karen's had like 16 penalty minutes that game. Did he not? Uh, he had a bunch too as well. But yeah, uh, A ton of people had a bunch. That's right. <laughs> Gillies. Okay. There we go. Good job by you. So, uh, episode 156 of the Eyes on Isles third anniversary edition podcast is brought to you by Trevor Gillies. He didn't sponsor it. We're just making him. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. So, when we come back, we are going to get into the social segment and what's going on around the Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the third year Annie podcast. 
what's going do you think, on like, Matt O'Leary. I just made Trevor Gillies be a sponsor. Do you think he's going to come to my house and be like, you can't make me do nothing, son? Just like haymaker to the, the jaw. To Highly my very much glass draw. If he does that, I, I'm going to need him to film it. That's going to have to be documented. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair enough. So what's going on uh, social for you, Mitch? What do you got for us this week? I got a few things. Do we want to start with the first overall pick going to uh, the Rangers? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, that's That was unfortunate, Mitch. I wrote about it earlier in the day. Uh, that was my worst-case scenario. Uh, not good. Not good. No, Don't and like that's it. for obvious reasons that it's the worst-case scenario, right? Yeah, I mean, they're in the division, crosstown rival. They Their rebuild was already expedited by getting Artemi Panarin this past offseason, who, by the way, leveraged the island or used the Islanders for leverage. So it was just one on top of the next, on the next, on the next. Plus they had Capo Caco last year, right? Second overall mm-hmm. pick right there. Right. Second overall last year. That that stinks. So I made I made a post about it uh, that did very well. I don't understand how, but like I didn't think it was going to do well. I just wanted to get something out uh, for quotas. But um, I looked at the reactions that we we're having online that Islanders fans were having online, and it went from conspiratorial to dismissive to optimistic. Right, like we okay. had the conspiracy, like ah, the rig, it was rigged. The guy dropped it, ah, which is whatever. I, I don't, I don't think so. Like if they rigged anything, they don't know how to do anything. Like just look at the Edmonton Oilers. I agree, one hundred percent agree. I don't, I don't think it was rigged. Uh it, it's just, it's annoying. That's all. Yeah, exactly. So it's not rigged. Uh, I like the dismissive ones. So this is from at a scams twenty three. Uh, Isles fans should not be surprised. No worried about this. This being the first overall going to the Rangers. Just another player who will have individual success and zero rings to show for it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, And then I like this one here from uh, Jim Hurston at Splice Bones. Nice, nice handle. I don't know what that stands for, but like, it sounds good. Anyways, don't worry. The Rags still have a decor that's just a step above a high school JV team. Let me be the first to say... Uh, something not good. Uh, Lafreniere, let's go. And he spells Lafreniere terribly, but <laughs> I get it. <laughs> That's funny. I like. Um, that. And then there's the optimistic ones. These ones are my favorite. They're my okay. favorite. This is, this one is the one that I love the most from Derek Crowell at D E C or D E Crowell. So what if the Rangers uh, ball drops number one? The Isles are still playing for the cup. Number one. And number two, and it's a picture of Ilya Sorokin hosting the Gagarin Cup. Ooh, okay, okay. I like right. that. See, that's a positive mindset. That's good. Uh, next one is from at Ryan Mayer, at Ryan Mayer underscore two. Can't wait for Simon Holmstrom to outscore laugh in two years. Please. I, I Please. I am begging for that to happen. I need it. I want nothing more. Now, now I'm just going to follow. I'm going to get like the AHL TV just to follow Simon Holmstrom. <laughs> yes, please. Unbelievable. So I, I wanted to bring all those up because they, they, were, they were fantastic. Thank you specifically. And I know there are others out there that were optimistic. And if you put an optimistic take out there, thank you. I am not an optimistic person by default. And I appreciate that because I feed off of it for any optimism that is generated through this body. There you go. Perfect. So thank you for... Uh... Giving Mitch some serotonin. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's, I should just eat another kiwi, I guess. Do you know kiwis are uh, filled with serotonin? Are they? I, apparently. I wish I knew that. I got to start eating kiwi then, yeah. I guess. With, with the peel, apparently. Okay, good to note it. Uh, first one for me, Mitch, is uh, from Offside Tavern. They say, 
Ladies and gentlemen, Offside Tavern is happy to announce we will be reopening tomorrow with outdoor seating. They will be opening up at 2 o'clock, weather permitting. That's huge. Absolutely love that. It's one, it's an awesome place to watch an Islanders game. And two, their setup looks sick. They have boards. Like, it looks like boards with their Offside logo on it for the, I guess, to block off where their outdoor seating is. That Just so happy for them. 10 out of 10. Yeah, because they had to shut down for a little bit, right, like everyone else, uh, mm-hmm. when things were not going very well. Uh, but things are now going better, specifically in New York City. Uh, so, yeah, take that's great. That's great that they've been allowed to use that street space. Uh, we're, we're not doing that here in Ottawa, but I, I kind of wish we would more. Where we, we've re, uh, Restaurants have been able to claim more of the sidewalk, but I'm, I'm glad that they're able to claim the street itself. Uh, not a huge part, but still, it, it's more. It gives them more seating. Right, absolutely. You got, you definitely got to feel for these, uh, you know, businesses during these times and trying to get back open and, you know, being being able to host a, you know, an Islanders watch party in August is tremendous. Exactly. Uh, good for the business. Uh, my next one is from Corwin MC. I'm sure most of you people have seen it out there. It received 15.2 thousand likes and 4.3 thousand retweets and comments. But just in case you haven't, the tweet goes: John Tavares. And uh, Leafs lottery ball, then the handshake emoji, hitting the post on an open net. So if you haven't seen the gif here, it's the big bubble that they use for the ping pong balls. And when you zoom in on it, the Leafs ping pong ball is sitting right there. It's right there to go right up the tube to be the it's winner. It's in the tube, pretty much. And then it like just falls out, and then the Rangers one swoops right in. That's how close the Toronto Maple Leafs were to winning the first overall pick, which would have been awesome. It would have been banana lands in the NHL, not not only because the Toronto Maple Leafs now get a first overall pick and people won't know how to deal with themselves, but then all the trade rumors after that. If they get Lefkanyak, what the hell do they... They have to move someone for uh, for defense. So Willie Nylander, peace out, which is an incredible piece for any team to get. Uh, so, like, yeah, I, I just I wish that would happen for all of the possible, at least for us anyways, pages from trade talk and, and trade rumors with the Rangers. It really doesn't give us much because they're not, they're not trading no one now that they have Lefrenier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm here for the uh, insanity. Yeah. Right. It was either Toronto or Edmonton for maximum chaos. Absolutely. Uh, my next one comes from Isles Territory. They said, and this is about today's games, if you were living under a rock, uh, playoff game went to five overtimes. They played two and a half games today. And they said, if the Isles were in a five overtime game, you would blank. And I want to pitch to you, what, what, what would you do for, how would you fill in the blank there? You would what? I would be dead. My wife would have killed me for sitting That's in front of the computer all day. Oh, no, no, no. I would have been dead because I would have dropped dead of a heart attack probably two and a half periods into overtime <laughs> she told me that today when i was telling her about the game because she uh so well we have the, the way that it works is that she'll go uh, after quiet time she goes and takes care of the kids between three and four and i still get some work done um when she went up i started watching the game because it starts at three when she came back from picking up the groceries at eight thirty, it was still happening and i was like Steph, it's it's they're still playing. She's like, if this happens tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. I am not. <laughs> I am not running this household for five hours while you watch a hockey game. That is not happening. And I was like, well, it's playoffs, baby. Sorry. 
<laughs> uh, daggers shot. There was daggers yeah. thrown. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Um, but yeah, I, in all seriousness, I don't know how I would be able to get through a five overtime game. Every shot is a heart attack. Yeah. For And I mean, think about it. Like we did two double overtime games just a couple of years ago. And that was insane. But th- there was essentially three more periods after that. A whole other game. <laughs> a whole other game. Oh, my God. That's insane. I don't know how the broadcasters do it either, right? Like, we no. talk about the players doing their thing, but, like, there are other play- people still working behind the scenes. The broadcasters constantly talking for three, four, like five hours? That's nuts. That's nuts. Um, so, uh, b- big ups to everyone who was playing or working that game because that's insane. Absolutely. I I don't know how they would have done it. Anything else? My last one comes from at not thrashers and it came, it came to my attention. Thanks to John McLaughlin, one of our patrons who okay. sent this to me and said, you have to put this in the social segment. And so I am John um, because it's absolutely hilarious. It's from at not thrashers. I don't know if I already said that the thrashers and Leafs have advanced to the second round the same number of times since 2004. Zero. Uh, that would be classified under the things you just hate to see. <laughs> just hate to see that. The Leafs just failing. Failing. Like, I understand the Columbus Blue Jackets are a good defensive team, but you're supposed to be the one team in the league that's, that, that should be able to unlock that with so much offensive creativity and firepower, and you couldn't do it. Like, you got shut out twice. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was rough. Uh, I don't know how you put those three monsters on on a top line for game five and uh, get nothing out of it. Nothing. Not a goal. Just just awesome. Just love to see it. Uh, it makes me feel better as an Islanders fan where we're not built as an offensive team. We're built as a defensive team going like, well, we if they can take out the Leafs, we can probably take out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Probably. But that, yeah, potentially. Um, that kind of gets me into my last thing. It's not really so much as a uh, one specific tweet, but just a, a general theme that I've seen on on social media. What have you enjoyed more? The spin zones from Maple Leafs fans trying to spin it to like, oh, this is, uh, we're, we're actually fine. Like, this isn't an issue. Wait, what? Or, really? They exist? Do you follow Editor and Leaf on, uh, on Twitter? Uh, no. Okay, yeah, go scroll through that feed. I'd rather not. Or, or, uh, the odd shark guy trying to defend uh, his take that the Islanders really didn't make the playoffs when, in fact, they are still playing in the playoffs. This guy, I, I, this bleeping just, guy, I can't just, believe him. I was right. I was right. They, they were, they were frauds. Like, well, they made the playoffs. Well, your season was saved by the pandemic. Uh, if not, you were out of the playoffs. Well, first off, sort of, but not really. We were one point out with two games in hand, so chill out. Um, and also, his prediction was that they'd finish bottom of the league. They very much did not. Again, one point out of a wild card spot with two games in hand. So, what the f- what the heck are we talking about right now? I almost swore. I almost did it. <laughs> you caught yourself. I stopped myself good. Um, yeah, so I've just been enjoying... Pretty much the, the the spin zones this past week. We're trying to spin how the Islanders are fraudulent, which I'm not buying, but is is a spin zone. And then also that the Leafs are completely fine, 
and uh, the, the, the shooting 2% is the pure reason why they lost that series and that it will never happen again, and they should just run it back again next year. Same same idea. I don't... Uh, they're, they're happy they shot 2%? Like, you have $58 million you gave to three players. Was it three or four? Sorry, four players. $58 mm-hmm. million dollars this year you gave to four players to score goals, and they shot at 2%. That's not good. Sure enough, it's in a four-game sample, but they're being paid $58 million to not be eliminated in four games. That's just See, it. I, I kind of uh, I agree with you there, but on the Toronto Maple Leafs end of things, I don't know if you've heard or seen or watched uh, any of uh, Steve Dangle's ta- takes from after the series. He's basically He was basically saying that like this team was inconsistent all year. Like I'm not surprised yeah. that they didn't go far in the playoffs. He's like they they need a shakeup, which I agree. I don't think that this is going to work. It's now it's the second year in a row that they've gone with this kind of a plan, and they always 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 find ways to lose. And I I think you need to, you need a shakeup. I'm not saying you you fire the coach or any or you blow up the entire team, but I think you have to take some of your top heavy resources and get something on the defensive end. I mean, I mean, he's probably not coming back, but, but Cody CC is just atrocious on the ice. No. He has no business being on the ice. No, I'm sorry, Cody CC. You're not an NHL defenseman, nor am I, um, but I'm not being paid to be one. Um, that that can't that can't continue. It ju- it just cannot. Uh, and you're right. They need they need a shakeup, and that that's a, a mature and responsible uh, take to have. Like you can't. Yep. You cannot expect this team to just keep going. You can't. Not with the money that you're paying them. Again, fifty eight million dollars for their top four. Fifty eight and signing bonuses. That's just boom gone out the door. Fifty eight million dollars to win games, which they weren't doing. And if they were inconsistent, we don't like who forgets that they fired their coach like thirty games in the in, through the year. Mm-hmm. Or forty, yep. or whatever the hell it was. Like, yes, they need a shakeup, and we all know it. They need defensemen. They need defensemen, and they don't have one any. So, yeah, if anyone's saying otherwise, they need to stop. They need to absolutely just stop. Yep, yeah, I'm with you on that. So uh, I, I know we went a little Leafs heavy there at the end, but uh, I think it's just important to recap what's been going on in the NHL and uh, a couple of storylines from this week that were. Uh, interesting to me so uh that'll do it for us i think right yes i've got nothing left okay so a couple of plugs before we go wherever you're listening to the show please make sure to subscribe rate review really helps us out a lot i appreciate all the love and support uh especially during the playoffs it's been awesome talking with you guys getting back in the action of hockey absolutely love it um patreon patreon.com slash eyes on aisles five bucks a month gets you post game podcast we're doing post game podcasts after every single game in the playoffs regular season as well it gets you a mailbag show it gets you a mitch live stream it gets you a whole bunch of community stuff over on the patron definitely want to check that out patreon.com slash eyes on aisles uh you can follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles fs on twitter my twitter is matt o'leary ny mitch is at tlo mitch facebook facebook.com slash eyes on aisles you can download the app available on iphone or android and of course wherever you uh, not wherever. I already did that one. Uh, and, of course, for all your New York Islanders needs, head to eyesonisles.com. That'll do it for us on episode number 156. Getting you a preview episode a day early. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.